0: Backyard Green Films is proud to present this episode of Agriculture with your host, Alara Bowman. Alara and her husband Rick travel throughout the land in their travel trailer, which they have nicknamed Bessie, bringing you stories about their travels and the people they meet. They visit farmers, ranchers, and just about anyone who loves putting their hands in the dirt or their feet in stirrups. In those travels, they have gotten to meet some very interesting people. Here's one of those interviews.
1: Hi, this is Alara. Welcome back to our podcast. After the last month in Amish country, I keep asking myself a chicken and egg question. Do we need food so we farm? Or do we need to farm so we produce food? Now, I know that sounds like the same thing, but it's really not. Some of us actually need to put our hands in the dirt to feel like we're more connected to the universe. And in the plain people communities, we get an amalgam of both ideas, I think. Mucking about in the dirt, or in green fields full of all things that give some people hay fever, does something for each of us. And for some of us, it's deeply fulfilling to go to something like Horse Progress Days to watch people who do real farming. That's what Rick and I did in early July. And not only am I still getting parts of Mount Hope, Ohio out of my nose, but I still have that happy glow that comes from watching a nice team of rebonds pulling a manure spreader. In the spirit of both the concept of progress and of equipment, this week we're going to bring you a conversation with Doug Sheets, who we met at Horse Progress Days. Doug is a rep, aka marketing director, for Pioneer Equipment and he has all kinds of interesting machinery on display. His booth took up quite a bit of square footage in the vendor barn, and most of what he had on display was like one of those combinations of Willy Wonka's chocolate factory, a mad scientist lab, and attack of the mechanical spiders from Mars. I'm sure the people in the know would actually know what some of those gears, levers, and spikes did at first or maybe second glance, but I kinda had to turn my head sideways to figure some of these gizmatches out and then ask him, even after the head-turning thing. But, equipment is a huge portion of this get-together in the first place. New, used, and in-between. They don't just have this stuff on display here. They actually demo pretty much all of it. They hook all that metal up to a team of horses, or mules, or donkeys in teams of two, or four, or six, or eight in one or two cases, and that was a sight to see. Then they take it out onto the fields and they put those babies in gear for a row or two. There's an announcer and his buddy doing some running pattern sitting in the wagon nearby talking to the PA to tell you about all the specs and the cost and the production capacity on each piece. And if you think I get excited about dirt, you should have heard the announcer on one or two of those new items coming down the row. It was like the monster truck rally of the Amish and Mennonite universe. Now, this whole idea of innovations in horse-drawn equipment may seem like a contradiction of terms, but that's actually the idea of the whole thing. I'll let Doug tell you more about their new cultivate the weed but not the plastic row cover invention, which is another one of those spiders from Mars inks. But there was a new hay cutter that maximized the new consumer trend for grass fed meats. It allowed for a harvest method that cut differently. So you could do a harvest for baling, but didn't cut so low that you killed the grass kind of like setting the mower on a high setting in your lawn to take off the top layer, but it's still letting your sheet beat on it for a bit. Who'd to thunk? This is definitely one of those podcasts that definitely has a visual component to it, so Rick has cut a video, and it's posted on our Backyard Green Films YouTube channel. We hope you hop on over there and check it out for yourself. By the way, I just have to mention again how wonderful the people were at this event just plain nice. Doug pointed us to his competitors at least three times, pointed out some more interesting gizmochis in their booths, and said they'd be really interesting to talk to as well. And he was incredibly convincing in the earnestness with which he said it and meant it. No manure spreading about it. We hope you enjoyed Doug's sheets of pioneer equipment and our adventure into the lair of the mechanical spiders from Mars.
2: Yeah, my name is Doug Sheets. I'm the marketing director for Pioneer Equipment, which is Pioneer Corp. Um, And uh, we've started in business in 78, making plows, horse-drawn plows, and have been building horse-drawn equipment since then.
1: That sounds very simple, but I'm looking at your booth here, and it's a little (laughs) little more grandiose than that, isn't it? Yeah,
2: yeah. You're actually in the Ackerman's Equipment booth. Ackerman's Equipment is our retail store, um, also part of the same ownership group, but we represent our Pioneer product. Uh, on the retail level through Ackermans as well as many other manufacturers as you can see. Um, probably anywhere between 10 and 15 different, different brands that we would represent through Ackermans.
1: So tell me how you got involved with this.
2: I got involved in this uh, many, many moons ago but um, uh, I, my wife grew up driving horses at the county fairs um, with her grandfather, Welsh ponies, um, that type of thing and, and about the time we got introduced we started getting into Perchins. Um, breeding and raising perchins, and I was able to sort of mix business with pleasure, um, being in marketing and advertising, um, getting paired up then with Pione- with Pioneer, and uh, kind of got connected with that, and then got connected with Horse Progress Days through them, and so on and so forth. So. <laughs>
1: but tell me a little bit about the types of products that are here and why you're here at Horse Progress Days. Yes,
2: so Horse Progress Days, um, basically the mission statement of Horse Progress Days is to to support sustainable farming um, using equine or using um, equid power of some sort, whether that's uh, obviously horses most common, but you have your mules, you have your, uh, in, in some of the foreign countries, you know, we think of oxen as these great big things, and you go to a uh, Uganda, someplace like that. And they're, they're like deer, you know, so we have to be able to adjust to that. But basically to show that it's, it's profitable, it's practical and that you can, you can use modern equipment. There are, there are links between the horses and the modern equipment. Um, there are quite a few implements that are obviously direct hitch to the horse. um, but then there's also the, the power carts and things like that that allow you to use a round baler or to use some of the more modern stuff. So basically to demonstrate that, um, to, to, Sort of promote and and support our farmers to support our sustainable farming and to to really show people kind of showcase what can really be done. You know, um, you buy a tractor and it's never going to produce a colt. You know, and that's that's kind of the way we look at that. You know, it's like we can we can have a horse and we can have colts and we can perpetuate. And uh, they don't ask a lot of us. They ask a little care and a little feed, but but other than that. Um, they're part of the family and and work on the farm just like everybody else.
1: Yeah, and and it's a very different experience plowing behind a horse versus plowing behind a tractor. It is,
2: it is, and and it, it is really amazing. Um, I've been fortunate enough to do both, and and it's it's just so quiet. It's just so nice, and you just go out and you can enjoy nature. You can smell the soil, not the diesel, and uh, that part of it's really really good. So um, yeah, it, it is a whole different experience, and there's some. Some ground drive mowers. Um, there's some other ground drive PTO carts, and I remember a few years ago we experienced a we had a ground drive PTO cart that was driving a haybine. I've never heard a haybine before because you always hear the tractor just screaming, but you never hear the haybine. Uh, it was very interesting to do that. So um, some of that stuff that comes along is very interesting.
1: Now, when we first started uh, thinking about coming here, I wanted to go for years, but it was an interesting thing to me to conceptualize the progress for? Because Mm -hmm. this is a community that is of all ends of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Some very definitely embrace technology and some do not. Mm -hmm. So how does that work where you have progress and and technology?
2: Yeah. So if you think of of the blending of the cultures that we have here, um, you know, we have obviously a lot of our manufacturers are of Amish communities. Um, uh, that's, that's the mainstay or the largest portion of the market for, for that. There are also a lot of English that have horses or small farms or that are, that are in, I don't know, let's say a green movement, but in that, in that realm where um, they have interest in this. So they come and blend. But the other part of Progress Days that's so unique is the international reach. You talk about the European, you talk about the South American, you talk about um, there, there'll be a, a, probably a strong representation of that group as well. And, it, and, and you think about progress, it's not progress like, okay, cars are going all electric, we're not gonna have an all electric plow, but it's things like I talked about before. How do, we, how do we help them harness their oxen that are, we can't give them a collar like we have. We have to figure out how to help them make a collar. And so this is where the resources can be found, the connections can be found. Um, that's a great question. Um, how, how do you show the progress? You know, I look at our cultivator, that's a a relatively new technology. It's been used in Europe, but cultivation was always stick the shovels in the ground and dig up the weeds and hope for the best. And this is very precise, you know, um, one inch deep. Most of your seeds are below that, you know, so you're not stirring up new ones. Um, Things like that that come out out of these events, people look at and see and see what they can do with it. This is the beam structure that I was referring to. Uh, a lot of times you'd see a lot of the old plows that would come up and bend around um, and this is simply a bolted structure. This is our uh, long time sulky plow, one of the first plows that, that Pioneer made. This is a little bit um, more modern plow that we make, footlift plow. Um, both of these plows have the caverlin bottom on them. Uh, a great plow for sod. It's got a really long sweep and turn to it so it pulls a little bit uh, more easily for the horses. You're not so steep in turning the soil over. Um,
1: is this suitable for all soil types? Clay. It is. Grown? It
2: is. This is really good for sod ground or tall grass. You can you can bury 15 inch grass with this bottom um, if you're going in that way. Our homesteader unit, and then um, I can take you over and show you. The homesteader is kind of interesting because it has a toolbar, so that particular unit you can use as a plow if you're not doing too many acres very, very good as a plow um, for a truck patch or a large garden, that type scenario. And then you can also put a disc, a harrow, um, all kinds of other attachments on that one, um, homesteader. Some of our finished tools, um, we've got basically the spring harrow with the crumblers on the rear of that. Um, some of the larger farms would use our cull over there. Um, and then uh, kind of want to talk about the, the cultivator, which is our new thing. We set it up here on display just to show this can be used to cultivate corn or vegetables around plastic. It's um, one of the few cultivators that will do plastic. Um, so basically it's for shallow cultivation. Your tines only go in about an inch deep. Um, got several adjustments on it, but they only go in about an inch deep. And then these finger weeders here will spin along, drive off the ground. They'll actually whisk the dirt off of the edge of the plastic. Uh, and the second one comes along and actually whisks it back on so uh, hopefully you'll be able to see that in operation in the field but um, lots of different tooling options lots of different things that you can do with that it's sort of infinitely expandable Um, this one happens to have a a tank on it for a sprayer if you want to treat plants as you're going through or whatever, you can you can do that as well. So I
1: keep thinking of the one-man band. It has all these attachments on it. And you it kind of
2: does. Yeah, it, it kind of is a toolbar in a lot of ways. Um, you can switch out the gangs to go to corn for two-row corn or whatever. Um, this one, like I said, is just set up for produce at this point. But So
1: um, something like this, does this require two, four? How many horses? This would be
2: a two-horse, yeah. Um, that's something else that's kind of unique about it. Because we're not going as deep into the ground, we don't need as much power to pull. Um, traditional cultivator has almost always been a three-horse cultivator. Um, this allows you to do the same amount of work with two, um, which is also very important. So
1: wonderful. Yep. That's a, it's a great thing. And think about that: plastic covering, row coverings did not exist years right. ago. So right. Now this right. is This is again one of those things that isn't is a progress yeah, it's, invention. It's yes. It's part of
2: it's part oh, yeah. of produce. Um, there's a lot of people look, looking for ways around it or whatever, but yeah. it, you just really, and especially in our area, um, it helps plants get started in the warm, and it just it just really works. So yeah. uh, it's kind of so, here to stay. We got to adapt, figure out how to weed it.
1: That's exactly it.
2: So this is a this is just a typical spring harrow. This is one section. This would come in five foot sections. Most people would run a ten foot section, um, put two together and pull them. But basically, after plowed ground, if you want to smooth it before planting. Um, you go over it with this, and these you can set these into the ground. They'll kind of dig out the plowed ground clumps, and then the crumblers on the back um, go through and turn that up and break up the clods and so on and so forth.
1: Now, for most of these, is this can this be width adjustable? Could you put? Can you put a couple? Yeah, across absolutely. Or is it only yeah. this expansion? No,
2: you can go. You can go five. You can go ten. You can go fifteen. Depending on how many horses you want to put in front of it something like that but because yeah, it's um, not
1: uncommon to put you know four and four or six yeah, absolutely six or, yeah yeah. Yeah.
2: Yep. yeah yep yep depends how big anything. bigger operations if you've got different soil you got muckier soil or depending on when you plowed how crumbled up it is or clumpy it is this machine's quite a bit heavier um, you're going to need probably six six horses at least here um, but that heavy crumbler will go through and then the tines and the baskets, and then at the very end, the raker bar just goes through and loosens up any soil contact that was created by the baskets. So,
1: now the square bale concept yes, you were saying is a great one.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so small squares have been around forever. Um, next to loose hay, small squares are kind of the next thing, and you know uh, they can drive a pretty good dollar because of the manual labor that it takes to put them together. So. Um, This company, Kuhns, um, not too far from here, makes this accumulator. Um, I believe this is an 8-bale, but basically this machine would hook up to the back of your baler. And as your baler pushes the small squares out, it goes up the chute, and then it mechanically sorts them. So as those bales go up and around, they'll drop. And you can see how those rails are set up. So the first bale over will drop into that far slot. And then once that baler is full, it'll kick. It'll actually flop this, pushing it down into the next set. So it'll go and it'll fill all eight. And then when all eight are filled, it'll trip and all of them fall out on the ground together in one spot. So you're not handling each individual bale then you come along with a grabber unit like this either on a loader or a skid steer or something like that it goes over the pile of bales and then all of those with a hydraulic all those fingers turn in hook the bale and you can pick up all eight at once so one guy can do the whole square bale operation by themselves
1: so i now this is It may seem like, okay, well, that's a small farm thing or, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. I don't want the hydraulics or maybe Mm -hmm. that's a different Mm -hmm. way of life. But Mm -hmm. when it comes down to it, the simpler is often the better way to do it.
2: simpler is way better. Less parts Um, to go
1: wrong. Exactly,
2: exactly. Like I said, all mechanical. I mean, obviously, this is just for travel, for road travel or whatever. But, um, you know, you can pull these with horses. You can pull these with tractors. You can do whatever. But it's really supporting the small square Industry, you know, to, to make those more feasible for a lot of guys that, that want to make hay, um, don't want to make round bales. That, that requires its own set of equipment. And um, you have to
1: pick it up and move it around still too. Still got to so. move it around yeah, too. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah,
2: this is kind of that, that in between piece. So, That's kind beautiful. of a very unique piece.
1: If you liked our podcast, please subscribe. This is how we keep going. And please ask your friends to join us. Please also feel free to post any comments or questions to our social media sites. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under Backyard Green Films. Thanks again for listening.
0: We would like to thank Doug for joining us today and for all the nice people at Horse Progress Days that we met this year. If you'd like more information about Pioneer Equipment, please visit their website at PioneerFarmEquipment.com. We'll see you next week with another adventure. You have been listening to Agriculture with your host, Alara Bowman. Please tune in for more upcoming episodes from our travels. I'm Rick Bowman, your behind-the-scenes editor. Until next time. This has been a presentation of Backyard Green Films Productions, all rights reserved, copyright 2021.